Hiya, folks. Welcome to an episode of The Art Tenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan. He is Mac. Yes, I am. We're following up with uh, the review of the television show Barry, and we have watched, we have consumed season three of Barry. All right, we're going to— We're caught up. Listen, folks, we, we do this podcast, right, in order to learn uh, and become better students and become better artists through the learning experience of consumption. Yeah. Not consumption like tuberculosis. No, no, no. Nice. I mean, con- nice. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was a callback, a really far callback. Yeah. I sh- I supp- was, hey, that's uh, true. That is yeah. true. But yeah, absolutely. We, we do this show because we truly believe that um, we're always studying, always learning, always growing. And uh, we want to do that. In front of a camera, so that maybe yep. people can experience it with us and, and sure. grow with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you know, of course, it's the classic sort of thing that happens during a podcast where True. you can't control your surroundings. When people outside of your apartment or house occasionally uh, likes to use uh, leaf blowers. Yeah. Uh, and essentially, you know, do lawns. Uh, it's it's right oh, here, right man. now. I They've mean, they've joined the podcast. And now. if it comes through, it comes through. And it's if it true. doesn't, it doesn't. But you, here we are, and we're going to acknowledge it. And, For the and real fans, the art tenders, they can they can uh, uh, ponder back to Hi Coda. Ah, um, oh, Coda. Ah, there used yes. to be a dog in the space that we were recording. That yeah, was, uh, it, was, it, was whole, it was a classic time. Whole but thing. Anyways, regardless, uh, we we have grown, and with with growth, we have. Uh, consumed more arts, and now we are looking at season three of Barry. Oh. And so what has been pleasant about watching Barry so far, uh, that even though, like, this is my third viewing of the entire series, I guess, but second viewing of this particular season, and this was the first time for you, Mac. That I watched season three, That you were watching season three. What's interesting to look at as well is uh, the show started. And the first two seasons aired before COVID right, hit right. in 2020. From my understanding, I haven't done much research in, in regards to this, but from my understanding, during the lockdown, Alec Berg and Bill Hader used the opportunity to write seasons three and four. Yeah. And yes. so we have watched now season three. Uh, the production was done you know, post not ne- not necessarily. We're not really out of the pandemic quite yet, but we're we're yeah. we're we're, st- we're on the edge of it, and it was made. We're out of quarantine, post quarantine. Correct. Yeah. And so, for example, I mean, the final episode of this season aired June twelfth, and that was less than a month ago mm-hmm. uh, in terms of recording, and so it, it's fairly fresh. Fairly recent, and it's definitely one of the more recent things in comparison to uh, when we record yeah. that we've seen. But um, and it's, it's it's a funny show, the Barry is because it is not one of those shows that's going to be like top trending number one show in the world or anything. No, like that. and and it's and not I really much of a show that's been promoted too really. much by HBO. You'll see no. it in the app when you but, when you pull up HBO Max. You'll mm-hmm. see you know Barry. Right I will there. say that HBO Max is very very bad about that. Is very bad about like. They have so many spectacular, like, home run hitting shows, but they spend a lot of time promoting one show at a time. Like, HBO will have, like, their poster show that they, like, anything that came out during the Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad, like, era, or I guess, I I don't even know if Breaking Bad is. Breaking Bad was done by AMC. Thank you. Like, during the Game of Thrones era, if anything else came out, 
no matter how good it was or no matter how, no matter how many people watched it, yeah. they were not going to get press yeah. like Game of Thrones. It would get a little bit of press, but like nothing yeah. would stop the Game of Thrones machine. Right. And right. right now, probably number one for HBO is probably Westworld. And they just released say, a new season. Yeah. Well, it, they want it to be at the Westworld. Beginning, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Whether, whether it is or not, that, that, that's what they're trying to do. But um, uh, Mac, I wanted to uh, read a text in order to launch ourselves into the, the discussion for today. Oh. Uh, Mac, you sent me a text oh, yes, at 12.47 a.m. Yes. in the last morning. Last night. Last or, night. Yeah, yeah, this morning. Technically yeah. last night, yes. And you said, quote, Barry season three f***ing ruined me. No way I'm sleeping tonight. Blood pressure far too high. <laughs> That's the truth. Oh, every single thing of that. I did not think about that. I texted exactly what was in my heart, and I pressed send. Okay, so let's let's try to knock out a few questions right yes. out of the way. Is this season of Barry as funny as the past few? As funny? Yeah. Uh, I will say comedy is not in the forefront. No, I will it's say still maybe funny. it's still it's maybe it's still as funny, but like yeah. comedy is not the goal. Yeah, here. yeah, no. Well, I think that the problem is that problem. Yeah, there always been um two main sources of comedy everyone on the show has been funny but season one and season two depended on noho hank and barry for their like comedic centers every time you saw mm-hmm. them you were expecting a laugh right this season is so drastically not the case because of the sort of well, depression. Yeah. Barry enters this... Well, also the tone of the show. I think that the, the, the show, in terms of its writing, has started off with looking at Barry under a microscope. Yeah. That's, that's where it started. And because you were so close to Barry and watched all of Barry's experiences, you felt very, like, tight with Barry. You felt very close to him, and it, that was, you know, you were identifying with him. And so anything that he did was funny, because you... We're getting to know him, and he was this exciting new person. Yeah. As the show has gone on, it has zoomed out just ever so slightly. And because we're seeing more and more and more and more perspectives of other people's, and we're starting to get attached to all these people that are not Barry, all of a sudden, this season is whenever you start to realize – I mean, it's it's kind of a wake-up call is what it is. Because you know mm-hmm. the entire time that everything that Barry's doing is f***ed up. But the way they shoot it, the way they play it is funny. Yeah. And – over time, the more and more and more that Barry's just doing the same thing he's always done. He's right. not getting any worse. Yeah. The show is allowing you a larger perspective that makes you go, Barry's Barry's, Barry's messed up. Yeah. And I'm not sure how much I'm on Barry's side anymore. I'm not yeah. sure how much I'm rooting for him And anymore. I will also say that perhaps kind of tonally that the, the show is a reflection of Barry's psyche, right? Yes. That, you know, like – the I guess at the very begin beginning of season one, right, where everything is super mellowed out and really dry. And what's funny is that like everything is really dry, but like Barry is depressed at the beginning of the first season, but then everything starts to open up as time goes on, yeah. right? Uh yeah. t- tonally as well. And then you have season two where like he isn't depressed, and so, like, he's just kind of trying to figure out his life at that present moment, right? And then you have season three where Barry is lost. Yeah. He is absolutely lost, well, doesn't know where to go, doesn't know what to do, and is, like, in in the worst shape of his life. Yeah, and, and the most um, – one of the most impressive parts of season three for me was – and I noticed this, like, right off the bat, very first episode – 
And I'm really glad they kept it as a through line throughout the entire series or the sorry, the entire season is um, that it's all about uh, apology and forgiveness. Oh, yeah. Like that's all yeah. of season three. And it's not like it's hitting you over the head or anything. It, it uses very clever ways of really asking the question, how does one seek forgiveness? And how, like, what does a real apology look like? Because apologies are not words. Yeah. Um, true apologies are not words. And, and they say that a couple times in the show, you know? Um, or like whenever uh, 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 Gene Cousineau is at dinner with like the past people that he f***ed over in the industry. Yeah. And he's telling all of them sorry. And one of them, I can't remember her name, but, but a woman that's at the, at the, please, a woman at the table with them is just like, no, you're not. You're not sorry. I think you're just saying this because so that you'll make yourself feel better. And then, like, um, but you're forgetting the fact that you, like, ruined my life. The character is Annie. Annie. Yeah. Yes, you're so yeah, right. Yeah. It's Annie. But even though Joe, Joe Montaigne, played by Joe Montaigne, is, yeah. like, water under the bridge. You've managed to do really great things. Like, yeah, it's just, like, how do we forgive others? Absolutely. And it's, and it's the show isn't trying to say everybody everybody deserves forgiveness, per se. But it's it's the exploration of, like, how do we seek forgiveness? And I think, like, I mean, spoiler alert, right? Like, Jim Moss, who is the, the mm -hmm. father of Janice Moss. I mean, he also doesn't know Barry, but he sure as hell doesn't forgive Barry. No. And then you have Gene Cousineau, whose character is so interesting to watch throughout this season, right? Where you have him not being able to forgive Barry, and then the best possible things happen to him in his life right yeah partially because of barry yeah that you have barry give gene the opportunity to be in a show yeah. uh and that like gene does something you know he punches barry in the face but everybody all the directors loved it yeah and so keep bringing gene back and because like barry told the story to some other director like then it, it became uh an article on variety then joe montaigne wants yeah. to reconnect and that uh barry in order to seek further forgiveness does a job and gives gene a yeah. giant bag of money it's like all these things left and right of barry trying to seek forgiveness yeah for gene. i mean it's it's the whole like it's the whole christmas carol thing where um these these characters in these shows um really truly believe that the only way to right their wrongs is by making all of their good deeds equivalent and balance with their bad deeds or even outdo the the bad with the good and that's what makes you a good person or that's yeah. what like like gives you some sort of uh um uh, penance retribution or whatnot and it's and that's just not the case it's just not reality that's yeah. not how it works no matter how much you do good it's not going to change the fact that you did those bad things so what does like serving the time and 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 punishment and what does uh forgiveness for wrongdoings actually look like and the entire season they're telling you spoiler alert by the way um they're telling you that the only outcome is either Barry dies or goes to prison either yeah. Barry dies, dies or gets caught that's the only way that he's going to actually be able to serve a time in, uh, of punishment yeah. where he's going to be able to like attain that forgiveness because that he... here's the critical thing right is that even though for part of the season we see through gene's lens right where 
even though Barry has taken away something that he probably cares the absolute most about, which it being Janice Moss, right? Yeah. And at the end of the first season, right? Like, this is still a critical thing. Oh, yeah. This character. Like, this is still a critical, like, storytelling beat uh, and emotional core for some of these characters throughout this show still, even though it happened all the way back in season one, right? But that even though Barry is trying to seek the forgiveness of Gene... He's not trying to seek the forgiveness of everybody else that he has murdered and mm -hmm. tried to, you know, I mean, whose lives have been ruined, right? And so you, a critical part of this season, and it's just so heart-wrenching, is that you have Fuchs in an act of revenge, uh, even though that he was given a second and a third chance yeah, uh, on farms at a new life. with goats with a beautiful woman right by his side. He denied both of those yeah. in order to seek revenge on Barry, which is so... I never even processed that those were the same scenarios. It's the same exact scenario I noticed that it, like, like he One was in Chechnya, one like... was in South Southern California. But he thought he was in Mexico, I think, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, golly. Uh... But he goes one by one to different like family members and like people involved that of people that Barry has killed or has by proxy gotten killed and all of these people's like hunt hunt down Barry right in their own way of course you yeah. know you have the mother and the son and but but they mess up because the mother accidentally shoots the son in the stomach which is both like it's literally horrifically funny yeah. Uh, well, and that, that I think is another big change in this season is that whereas season one, season two, they're like kind of edging you into or like kind of like very slowly getting you used to this dark comedy. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it harkens back to like like the have you ever seen Pulp Fiction? Yeah. Like the Pulp Fiction moment where like he accidentally like shoots the guy or whatever in the car. Yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. The, it, like that that moment in film history is hilarious. But like you're laughing for an awful reason that you feel yeah. kind of guilty about. And, and, and it's and like, oh my God, show. I can't believe it happened. Right, and, and that's this it's quasi quasi-shock humor. Yeah, That's yeah. actually done Ooh, well on like yeah. 40, movie 43. <laughs> True. And uh, But season one, season two are like, they're very slowly getting you used to this. Season three, I can't think of a single moment of comedy throughout all of season three that isn't dark humor. It's a lot more interwoven. Sort. It's interwoven that it's like during serious scenes where yeah. comedic moments happen, right? Like Chief Krause is a really great character in this season. That that's been a character throughout uh, all three seasons, but you see him a lot more because of the uh, investigation into who killed Janice Moss, yeah. right? And so you have him say a line that the line is just that's the Raven. And he's trapped you like a fox. Like, it's just like, that. it's such a great line. Okay, you got me. You found one. That was and good. It's the very, and, and also, in, in the final episode of the season, uh, you have Detective Maid Dunn, who, who was like, hey, do we know where uh, Albert, uh, who's uh, a member of the FBI, do, you know, do we know where uh, Albert is going? <laughs> that was funny. And then, was and then funny. Chief is like, no, not since he cocked his gun right in front of us. He's probably out seeing the science. God, I wish I was with him. Like, but it's yeah, like it's literally, yeah, it's yeah, quite literally yeah, yeah. in the background, right? It is. And it so, what what it is? And he was actually that, literally out of focus whenever he said that. Exactly. Yeah. And so, what it is is that you have you have writers of this show, uh, completely 
knowing without a doubt what the most important aspect of the story is yep. in each singular moment, yep. but not losing opportunities for like life to happen and life is sometimes funny or people and are just sometimes absurd. It's funny because they're uh, – be, because they're placing – this, I mean, we talked about this in Barry season one and season two, both, yep. and and it's just still the case with season three. The sound design of this show is textbook, is yep. one of the most interesting things. Not the music. The music is cool, but not the music. I'm talking about the way they play with silence and the things that they allow me to hear and the things that they allow me not to hear are so stressful. Whenever I talked about my blood pressure being high... I, this show is very good at like, it's very short and it, it's awesome with cliffhangers. And so it's it, one of those shows, one of the few shows I can think of that it is physically difficult for me to not watch the next episode. Yeah. It's hard not to keep going. And a lot of it comes back to, I'm so stressed because of this, the amount of silence and sound design. But a- along with that, because you're so stressed watching the show and because they only give you jokes in moments of absolute stress yeah. or tension or stakes, you either just ignore it as if it wasn't even a joke. Mm-hmm. Like there are times whenever like there are jokes that like, you know, Noho Hank or Barry makes that yeah. I don't laugh at or don't think is funny, but I, I don't care that it's not funny. And I didn't even register the fact that the joke didn't land because I'm so focused on the story. Yeah. And then whenever I do laugh, I'm it's almost like a nervous laughter. There have been several times whenever I laugh but I'm like cringing as I'm laughing because it was it's as if I like was laughing as a gun was held to my head. Does that make any sense? Yeah, and you're it's right. Nervous, stressful laughter. And, but you're also you're also right about the high stakes situations where like something funny is still happening, right? So you have the meeting with Sally and her agent Lindsay with um just somebody who works at Banshee, right? And it's it's somebody that Lindsay has known for the longest time, and when they see each other, they're like. Yeah. You know, and then they communicate by like making a bunch of weird, weird noises, noises so with funny, each other. So, funny. so it's it is a really funny scene, but it's and also that was Vanessa Bayer. I do not know who uh, that from is. SNL, yeah. Okay, but she's, she's genius, genius, uh, and she was great in that. Very, scene. very underutilized. Um, but uh, what happens as well is like, yeah, this is a scene that also simultaneously has like really high stakes. So even though you're laughing and you're having a good time, there's still that blood pressure component. Right. as well and and it's something that like this show sort of magnifies into a lot more in this season where like the stakes are just getting higher for particularly those three principal characters right for Barry for Sally for Gene right yeah. those are the three most important characters of the show yeah. as well as like Hank is, I'd, yeah I'd put and, Hank and in Hank there. you know up there there, there are several times well. whenever you follow a NoHo Hank storyline or experience that has nothing to do with anyone else which yeah. tells me that he's a main character right, and, that's fair. Um, and and uh, yeah yeah well also that um, and this is one of my favorite things th- that, that you see all the time in television where and I don't understand why like writers have such a hard time with this that Oftentimes, whenever you write a character that's a side character that's just supposed to be funny, yeah, the audience falls in love with them because they're so funny and endearing, yeah. And now all of a sudden, they're they are the like the highest potential for dramatic uh, capital because everyone falls in love with them. So like mm-hmm. Noho Hank is just funny side character this entire time, mm-hmm. and he keeps being funny side character in season three. But whenever you see Hank actually 
lose someone. Yeah. Or whenever you see him lose Cristobal in that moment whenever the wife comes in. Yeah. All of a sudden, that's like some of the best dramatic work in the entire show because you care so much and because it's such a stark difference from the normal. It's like whenever, you know, it's like whenever someone that's like fun and funny, and this happens all the time, like, like, have you ever had a teacher that was like the fun, funny, like cool teacher? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And the reason that they do that is not because they're actually like fun, funny, cool, and like that's what they want to be. It's a lot of work and it f***ing sucks. But it's because there's every once in a while, it's true, every once in a while you'll have those days where you really need to be serious and the class will take you so much more seriously because yeah. they see the difference in your demeanor yeah. and they, like, the energy is sucked out of the room. They're like, something's changed. I don't know what it is, but something's changed and I'm, and I'm, I'm and not used to it. And you see that it's like a choice. Right. That, like, it, it, they don't want to be that because that's not their natural resting state. Yeah. They've been forced to be here. And, like, the great example with, like, Hank is, like, something that did happen in season two where Hank gives this, like, extremely serious monologue Beautiful. to Barry. Beautiful. And you're exactly right. What lends yeah. itself whenever, to its Whenever beauty. Barry tells him to f*** off and, he, and he's like, and he's like don't, don't f*** with me. Exactly. And it's, it's that oh. monologue. And, like, <laughs> it's you're so right. good. What helps it succeed <sighs> is the juxtaposition of Hank as a character and how that character is used throughout the entirety of the show. And that's further introduced here when Hank is in a situation or a scenario that's extremely high stakes for him, that's so high stakes is literally life or death. Then what it is is that fundamentally as a writer, you're kind of you're playing with the audience, right? You're playing with your food, but like in, in the best way possible. Yeah. With your and, food. Well, but yeah. like it's the juxtaposition of expectations for what you have for this character that you never expect Hank to be in a serious situation on, when he's on screen because he's such an absurd character. Right. But like occasionally, I mean, considering the line of business that he's in, he's going to be in serious situations. And so if there's a situation where he is going to die within a minute and his buddies next door are getting eaten by a panther and he feels like that he's going to die. And the only way that he's going to be able to escape is to break the handcuffs that he's in. Like, of course that's going to be naturally such a high stakes situation, but it's going to feel even higher of like a sort of like emotional capacity because we don't expect that from that character. Right. But that character has been fleshed out enough as a human being where even though it's, unexpected quasi unexpected it's still earned yeah and so us as the audience we're hooked 10 times more than before mm -hmm. which is absolutely such a treat and it's so nice was there uh because i know that you are such a big fan of fuchs and we're going to get into a roll call later but did you feel as attached to fuchs as in love with fuchs as you did uh i remember in our reviews for season one and season two uh, so uh, Fuchs has a lot less screen time this season, and so this is kind of how I feel for these three characters, that they kind of felt a little bit, I don't think they were as fleshed out as they should have been this Interesting. season. Fuchs is one of them. Fuchs kind of dips, he, I mean, he still gets enough screen time, but uh, he's kind of plot devicey. Right. I agree. In order to set Which, the motion for, like, the consequences of Barry's action really flood in, right? That, and, like, I mean, of course, Fuchs is the king of being a consequence of Barry's actions. Yeah. And, but, like, and, and so he's the big domino that has everything fall, but, like, that sort of feels like what his role 
is in this season as opposed to being more so of a living breathing character that is like that that is an active influence on other characters because he he was a much more active influence on other characters in previous season but it felt like he was a much much more active influence on a bunch of side characters yeah. in order to affect the protagonist fair i i i really i think what my biggest problem is is that he is a plot device absolutely agreed i'm i kind of wish that they would have treated him more like one if that makes any sense mm. we spent so much time going back to him and remembering that he was still around and getting scenes with him in chechnya and in uh southern california and every time that we went back to him i was like i don't need to see this yeah like i i'm really not attached enough to fuchs to to really care about like this moment right now i wish what they would have done and this is done sometimes in tv is we don't like he goes out to Chechnya the entire season. We don't talk about Fuchs at all. We never talk about Fuchs. We never like hear anything from Fuchs, nothing about Fuchs. And then he shows up at the very end. And like, he comes in at the last possible moment and you're like, what? Like you're still around. Like yeah. you're still a thing. And then the next episode, right after like, that's a cliffhanger is like, wait, he's still around. He like, he's still, he's still with Barry. And then the next episode is an entire episode dedicated to just his story. Mm, you know what I mean? I so structurally, you just wish that. So I, I wish I would have gotten all the same stuff that that we got with Fuchs. Just they did it in such a way that I was tricked into, not inten I think unintentionally, but on their part, not really caring. Yeah. Every time I went to him, I it was it was taxing, and I was like, I wish that I was watching any other character in the show right now. Yeah. Um, and whenever he got shot. I actually was like kind of sigh of relief, like oh thank God that weasel's Interesting. gone. Interesting. And then whenever he woke up, I was like oh my God what the. F but then again, we get into his storyline a little bit more. He's talking, he's talking to the 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 guy in the truck about yeah. his daughter and everything, and that scene's great. And I'm like oh this is why Fuchs on the yeah. show. I now remember why he's so good. It's just like just jerking so hard out uh -huh. of the L.A. storylines. Got me really frustrated. But credit to the showrunners where it's due, where, like, Fuchs was shot, and, like, oh, shit, is he actually dead? And, like, I believed it. Yeah. Like, I thought, like, oh, they're just going to kill Fuchs like that, like, not, you know, not with a bang, but with a whisper. You know, right, essentially. right, right. Well, and, and, and it's the most, most one of the most, like, fitting ways for him to die. A huge uh, tip of the hat to, to the showrunners as well for... Um, finding the most subtle ways to make digs at the entertainment industry. Like I think in season one, season two, and I talked about this a little bit, it bothered me because they made a lot of digs at um, the entertainment world and it felt very forced. It felt very like these are jokes that everyone's going to understand and like trying really hard to pander. And this season they did a really, really spectacular job of, um, allowing the entertainment industry to make fun of itself. Uh -huh. That makes any sense? Um, like, just not, like... I mean, I, th I think really the only, like, scene where they really play up or, like, try and, like, m actively, like, embarrass the entertainment industry is, like, that showrunner scene where she's talking to the guy and he's just like, well, because she's horny or whatever, right? Um, in, in that writer's room. Right, like, that's the lead writer of a show. That's a that lot. He's, he's just a dope, Right, that's a lot. And, like, kind of the scene where they're talking in, in sounds. In uh -huh. the, like, and then the also thing. the scene where they're talking to the executive and they're just, like... Yeah. They're just focused on the algorithm. Right, right, right. But, like, 
I think that there were a lot of really successful moments where it was subtle and it was also f***ed up. Like whenever Barry like just can walk in and, and yell at her. And I think that obviously that's more of a thing for Barry, but that's also a little bit of a comment on the entertainment industry. Like the reaction afterwards and everyone's being like... And nobody really knows yikes. what to do. Yeah, and like that's not funny, but it is cool and important. But also kind of up. important to note is that yeah. like... It happened to Sally, and Sally was the victim there, but because Sally is also in a position of power, everybody yeah. is afraid to bring it up to Sally. Exactly. Because they're afraid that, in turn, like they're going to lose their job. And Sally is not going to admit that anything's wrong until she is told straight up something is wrong. And yeah. in that moment, she's like, oh, shit, you're right. And then it breaks up with him that night. Yeah. Um, the uh, the other thing that I love so much, and, and then we'll go to, to, to a small break, is... Um, how both like whenever you are looking for a job in the industry you're never going to find one and whenever you are not looking for one one just appears and how simultaneously easy and impossible it is to get a job in the entertainment industry at all times the fact that sally has a show and is canceled and is not able to get another show and is dropped from her agency and all this stuff while the her assistant on the show it is now a showrunner. It's like yeah. genius. Oh, that's that's spot on. Yeah. We'll have a roll call and come back. Yeah? Yeah. Thanks, sir. Mac, I've completely forgot to mention. Hey, the season is really good, by the way. We, oh, we haven't yeah. said that yet. We haven't said yes. Oh, I'm, I'll actually start with a sizzle, sizzle serve. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, I think... I'm not sure if the word is is calculable or calculatable. Like the the most uh, uh the highest ability to calculate season of television I have ever seen. Let me explain what that means. Yeah. What I mean by that. I mean I've never seen a uh season of television that I've learned so much from. Mm. Every single thing that I love about this show that makes me go, this was a spectacular, unbelievable uh, season of television. I know how they did it. Uh-huh. Whereas there's so many times where either it's something that I don't understand or I think it might be like something that's kind of like just this magic, you yeah. know? Like I think that there's something about Stranger Things that like, obviously they're very talented and very good and everything, but there is some sort of like magic to Stranger Things where it's just not even really what they're doing it's just it's just fun to watch it's yeah. just good like whether that be a performance from like actors or like a specific line of dialogue or it, there's no real explanation for why those words go together in that way in that sentence and it just sounds so good but it does or you know or like um it's not even really that they're like geniuses for thinking of this concept it's really just that like setting it in this time and place is just feels so good mm -hmm. or whatever um inexplicable in a lot of ways, there's a lot of television that that I uh, that that I don't know why I like it so much. Yeah, I know exactly why I like this. I'm with you there, and it's I've I've haven't seen something like that in a long yeah. time. Not saying that we could reproduce it. No, no. But like everything sort of tracks that you're able to say, oh, like this is working but really textbook. well for me emotionally because of X, this Y, and Z. This show is a much higher percentage of technique. Oh my god. Than maybe any th that's the way I should have said it. This is a much higher percentage of technique than any other show that I have seen. Maybe maybe period. I can't think of it, another it's one. It's the most efficient show I've ever seen. Yeah, like it it sets out to it sets out to do a job, 
And it does that job so well and yeah. so consistently yeah. and it knows how it's doing it. Um, there's no surprises or anything. They they just do their job yeah. well. Yeah. It's it's as simple as that. So Danny, I wanted to uh, get into this roll call that you weren't necessarily prepared for because you're pulling up the cast list currently. Well, That's okay. Well, okay, listen, okay, okay. No, Bill Hader is fantastic in this show. Still, he's still great, and he's still like the principal character. And I appreciate also this season for focusing a lot on not necessarily funny side characters like previous seasons have, but side characters that Barry has like deeply affected because he took away their took away their respective loved one. Right. Right. And so that that's that's like a sort of like consistent theme that like that is um, briefly visited in season two. Right. Where like actions have consequences. And then like in this season, like these consequences really come to a head. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, Barry is depressed at the beginning of the season and tries to find a way to get out of this depression and that has a full-on panic attack yeah. at the very end and it's like it's tragic to watch because in in a sort of way you don't want that to happen to your protagonists of the story that you're watching right yeah right um even though barry has killed so many innocent people and it's so deeply messed up and to such a point perhaps unforgivable uh, it, but at, at the end of the day, like Bill Hader has done such a great job in in providing this sort of gravitas for this character that is deeply enriching. That even though, like conventionally, once again, like a depressed assassin becomes an actor, it's really funny conceptually. Like it, it's not. How can it be funny for so long? Yeah. And so it's a testament to Bill Hader's acting. It's a testament to him and Alec Berg's writing that it can only be funny for so long. Eventually, it can't be funny because the situation that he's in is no longer funny. And then also, like, it's it's fun to watch um, the character of Barry become a better actor as time goes on. Like, yeah. that's just fun to watch. Yeah. Like, yeah. Barry is at least in this season a decent actor he's passable. and you could tell yeah that yeah. he's passable enough to be cast in things right yeah well and, and another thing that i just love in terms of detail about the show is that um he starts out so grounded in reality he's yeah. um and not not like as a performance i mean the character of barry yeah. he is very aware of his surroundings and he knows a lot about the world um and he is maybe more in he touch thinks with his he does he thinks he does he thinks he does that's critical <laughs> has a, he has a very keen awareness of his mortality and that he knows whenever he is safe and whenever he's not safe. He knows what it means to die and, like, he knows that um, – although maybe he doesn't understand, like, the uh, the consequences or, like, have a clear, like, moral understanding of what it means to uh, die, he understands, like – how big of a deal it is yeah um he has a sense at least at the end he develops it i think a sense of like retribution or like sure. there, well, there, yeah. there will be retribution but i think what's so interesting about the concept is that uh they have this guy that is so that thinks he is so in touch with reality and then he encounters the profession with maybe the highest volume of people that are out of touch with reality. Yeah. Um, and he's, you know, and, and and so, like, the more and more he 
uh, adopts this actor and entertainment industry mindset of reality is what I want it to be. And I'm going to make my own reality rather than like living in the, in this one. Um, and like, and you see with all the actors in the entire show that every one of them is head in the clouds. I'm doing like whatever I want to do. And like on my terms that that is the worst possible mindset for a fucking hitman to be in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's interesting to see him like lose his grip a little bit. And I think that that's maybe like the, the reality check or the awareness that Fuchs was giving him in season one, where he doesn't have to make these decisions of right and wrong or life and death because Fuchs is doing it for him. Right. And we saw that Fuchs was incapable of killing someone um, in season two. And so for him to be making the decisions instead of, instead of Barry is probably better. Um, and so now that Barry is making his own decisions and he has been given this career and lifestyle where he can make up reality to whatever he wants it to be, that plus I can kill people is 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 a dangerous storm. No, like, storm. like Barry is such a dangerous individual. Yeah. But, but you could not have combined to and at first it's just like a funny concept but like the more i think about it i'm like i think it has to be that he couldn't have done or been anything else because that is the that is the career and the group of people and the lifestyle that is absolutely worst yeah for serial killer psychopaths and once again it's a testament to the writing because then like the trap is of course keeping the show like happy-go-lucky and like super duper light right like No, this show is is, this dark. is a drama. It got this really is a dark. drama. Yeah, this it got really. And it's, it's always been a drama. Yeah, but, but it's been a dark comedy. Is, yes. is probably the the, the best cla- classification. But like in terms of tone, it's been dark comedy. Yes, and especially in this season. And like, I mean, it's it's you could tell in the lighting as well. Like everything is so much more gray. Yeah, this it, season. Th- that was stark, and that honestly was kind of annoying me at times. Where I was just like, I really want to stop seeing blue and gray. Yeah. Like, I would really like if we had any warm tones. And, and then you realize, like, the only real times you're seeing blue and gray is when Barry's on screen. Yeah, right. You know? Right, right, right. But it just feels like it's swallowing you. Yeah. It's so sterile feeling, and, and once, it's really hard to— And once again, to... the show is a reflection—I mean, the show is called Barry, and of course, like, it's it's immaculately done where the show itself tonally is a reflection of the protagonist's psyche. Yeah. And to which you may say, of course— but it's done so well at the same time that perhaps, yeah, you. I mean, maybe you were tired of seeing all that blue and gray, but I think it's still a well-done choice in terms of story mm-hmm. and in terms of direction, which also Bill Hader directed mm-hmm. uh, the first two episodes and the last three episodes. And he is and set, then Alec Berg directed the other three. It was announced that he is set to Bill Hader's going to direct every single episode next season. Which I am so excited because, like, you can – I think the best episodes in this series – I don't know if – I don't think this is Sizzle Surf. Uh, the best episodes are directed by Bill Hader. Bill Hader, 100%. Uh, Ronnie slash Lily from last season was directed by Bill Hader. And the last three episodes of this season are so freaking good. Yeah. And all directed by Bill Hader because – I and I think also, like, Bill Hader loves – horror films as well and there's a potential possibility right i mean like we as artists we are always going to be subconsciously when we're watching something to be influenced by it in future things that we make right and more more so when you know it's it's a sort of creative medium where you're able to tell a story of some capacity right Mm. or like 
or illustrate a story. Especially stuff you like. If you know you like it, then you're then you're gonna flip yeah. back to it. And so that therefore, like there are aspects of these last three episodes that like work with silence, as you said, and are equally horrifying as well to witness. Mm-hmm. It's it's just fantastic. So Bill Hader on all three fronts, absolutely amazing. Someone that we disagreed on uh, the past two seasons, uh, the past two reviews, has been uh, Sally Reed played by Sarah Goldberg. Disagreed how? Disagreed in that you gave her a lot more praise than I did. I never said that I didn't like her. It's just that I thought that she was fine and you were like, she's really, really good. And I see now because you were – Looking back at those reviews with the lens of season three. Probably a little bit. I think I was in the middle of watching season three yes. for the past two seasons and, that we reviewed. Yeah. And I'm here to say I understand. I get it now. Yeah. I'm not like full blown fan, but she's very good. She's very, very good, I think. Um and all of the qualms of the things that uh annoyed me about her were character things. It has nothing to do with Sarah Goldberg as an actor. Let's talk about that because Please. like because here, here's the thing, right? And I think it's interesting about the show. You have Sally and Jean, two insanely narcissistic, self-centered people. Yeah. Insanely. Probably the most in this show. Yes. But then you have the protagonist, who's a literal murderer. So why are we okay with the protagonist, but not as okay with... Sally or Jean, like I mean, and, and I'm not saying like you're not yeah, a fan not of Jean, really. but like I mean, there are plenty of people. You, I mean, you, it's easy to find these people online where they don't like Jean, yeah. they don't like Jean, or they don't like Sally, Sally or yeah. they don't like either. Yeah, what, like think, what is that? I think it comes down to if I have to spend time with a character, it's not as much about their decisions; it's more how do I feel. It's yeah. really as simple as how do I feel whenever I'm around them. It's like a friend, like. It's important to have friends that you are, you know, attached to or that you feel like you can trust or like people that you are, you know, close to. At the same time, there are a lot of people that don't really think about that and would rather just have a friend that's just fun to be around. And Barry is fun to be around, although a friend that you never want to have. Yeah. Gene Cousineau and Sally are, I'm not sure if they're like the best friends in the world, but they are like morally upright people. They like... I think overall in the in season one and season two, well, one second season one, season two, they're they're selfish and they are very annoying. At the same time, I think that if it came down to it, you know, uh, Jean's love for Janice was so redeeming um, and made me realize how good of a person he actually is on like a, not a surface level, but can be, but can be exactly. And so um, I think it comes down to it's just fun, more fun hanging out with Barry. In Barry's head mm-hmm. than hanging out mm-hmm. in Sally's head or Jean's head. And I think it's it's easier to rationalize a protagonist's action as actions as opposed to, like, any sort of supporting character. Right. And also, uh, audiences have this weird thing with awareness. That if you're playing a character that is even 1% more aware than— I the- hit my microphone. I'm sorry. That's a point. Point. I nudged it. I can't. I would love to be like, no, nah, I didn't. Yes. But like, I just—it's not what fair. I'm talking about. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, we have a penalty point system. Uh, we will stop counting at the end of episode seventy-nine. But currently, I have four points, and Mac has one. Uh, whoever has oh, more yeah, points at the end uh, has to wear a costume at one uh-huh. point or another. So it's it's looking like me once again. Hopefully, Mac can come in we'll and see. mess <laughs> and up, ruin so, it, yeah, just like the first time. Um, yeah. 
So, uh, but it's this like keen awareness that audience. Yeah, yeah. Have. But that if 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 you are playing a character and your character is one percent more aware of the surroundings or judging the surroundings more than the characters around you, even a little bit, the, the audience will like you more because they feel like they're supposed to because they feel like like uh, you're the one that's supposed to be like them. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think it's really a matter of uh, Sally and Jean are not aware. Yeah, and they're not intrinsically lovable people like Hank. Right, right. And so because of those two things, because they're both annoying and unaware, um, it's just it all, all bets are off. Yeah. Now, if they were that annoying and whenever they left the class or like whenever Jean leaves or, – or like I think that actually might have been why Jean was a little more likable for me than Sally is because whenever we leave the class, Sally is still unaware – but Gene at least can go back to an office and be like, they're all shit. My life is shit. I wish I was an actor again. Uh, like, this is awful. Well, I mean, what, but what you have is that this consistent exploration of Sally trying to find purpose. Right. In a way, which is so human. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and like, and trying to find purpose within success. Right. right. And, and, but, but, the, but then you have this sort of like force, which is, Barry, right? That's like affecting her life so so negatively in ways that she doesn't necessarily under- understand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and also that she, um, it's really interesting to see how her character deals with not knowing. That she f- tries to act like she knows constantly. We we saw two directors in this um in this season we yeah. saw sally as like basically directing the the, the joplin sorry i thought you meant like oh, oh i mean oh, we no, literally no. only saw two directors this season this which true. was alec berg in and bill Hader. in the story we saw sally direct and we saw annie direct yeah annie admitted i have no idea what i'm doing mm. and then they just kind of kept going and although uh sally did not know what she was doing she never admitted it but and, but also let's just say like in this universe right her show was received exceptionally well yeah so she must know what she's doing oh uh, uh, it's not to say that she's bad by any yeah. means I'm saying that she was flying by the seat of her pants while she was directing but she wasn't willing to admit that to anyone else or herself Annie was like and because I think that theirs was received really well too uh-huh. like whenever the the master or at least thing. the producer loved it yeah. But Annie was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but still made it. You know what I mean? And so I think it's interesting to see so many times throughout the entire series, Sally is, it's proven that she does not know what she's doing and that she's very young and she knows a lot less than she thinks. And she's very naive, but she's never willing to admit it. And she's never willing to like come down off of this high horse, you know, um, and that's a beautiful thing in the yeah. in season three, a very annoying and unlikable quality in season one and two. Sure. Um, sure in season sure. three, it's it's interesting because she finally has to admit it. She doesn't say it out loud, but you can see like in her actions that she's like, I'm officially a rock bottom. Well, yeah, because once the power is ripped away from her, she's grasping at straws at it. And like kind of fundamentally how the character is written in a way, like, of course. Yes. Because when has she had power ever in her life yeah. from from what we know about her character, right? I mean, we're I mean, we're we're looking at a character who has been 
abused. Yeah. Right? When when she was in a marriage when she was 19 years old, physically and emotionally abused to a horrific degree and that comes to a head in in the second season when Sam comes back, you know? And and then you have in this season where like it feels like finally for the first time in her life things are going well, right? And that even though that abusive moment with Barry happened in front of everybody where Barry is yelling at her, but, you know, it's brought to her attention by Katie, uh, who was her co-star. And then Sally, like you said, that same night breaks up with Barry. And it, like, is a big moment for Sally. And, like, she doesn't necessarily celebrate that win. But it's a really big win for Sally yeah. to, like, ha- I mean, you know, have somebody immediately help her recognize the abuse that she's in. And immediately Sally does something about it. Right. I don't know. I, like... It's a really beautiful and heart-wrenching character. And then once again, like, it's it's this sort of... God, it's a circle of abuse that keeps happening because, once again, at the, at, the, at the beginning of this season, when you have Natalie, who was also from the acting class, be her assistant, and, like, Sally treats her awfully. Yeah. Absolutely terribly telling her to, like, cube my carrots and, like, be absolutely demeaning. And, like, Sally admits it that, like, the only reason Natalie is there is so Sally can empower herself as a woman in order to bring herself up in the world and not, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but yeah. to not feel bad about herself. Yeah. And it's, it's then there's that, but then there's also like at the very final episode or the episode before that, I, I, I can't remember which, where Sally kills somebody because she was about to be killed by this guy. And like, you can sort of tell that it's all of the pain from her relationship with Sam, Sam coming up at once. Yeah. I, yeah. It, yeah. It, so what this season does is that it examines the circle of abuse that happens for individuals a lot more. And like Sally is subject and front and center of that. And it's, awful to watch because like you wouldn't wish that upon a human being at all and that even though sally does shitty things there was never a moment that i thought to myself that like sally isn't human like no sally is human through and through and once again i think that's in large part due to sarah goldberg's performance and how hooked in she is in yeah. every single scene and how much she listens and how much she is engaged in every single scene and, and the amount of breathing that goes on. And like, Mac, you can see it in her eyes, right? Like it's, it's, it's the Tony Leung thing, right? Or like <laughs> so much of the acting is yeah. in the eyes and it's happening with Sarah Goldberg as well. And it's just beautiful. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And I'm like, I'm afraid to see what's going to happen to this character later on. Yes. But, and there's another part of me. I can't wait. I, and I have to say that I think one of the reasons that I'm, I'm in this mood right now of like praising Sarah Goldberg, praising Sally Reed is because um, I am the most excited to see where her character goes next season. Yeah. Um, and it's sad. So sad. So sad that I am really rooting for Barry to recover and for for her and Barry to be together. Woof. I know. I know. Woof. I know. I know. That's, because that's a sizzle serve right there. I'm putting uh, the sound effect. I don't care. <laughs> because um I think that 
I wasn't rooting for that until she killed the guy. Whenever she killed the guy, I was like, she now has the sickness too. They are both, they're both in it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean like they should. The, now, now we're entering like a fundamental, like, like, like a uh, morality conversation. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, that doesn't necessarily mean that even though they both have but the I sickness, as point, you said, they they shouldn't necessarily be together. I don't yeah. think they're they're not good for each other. Uh, okay, that that is true. That is true. Okay, yes, and and it's like just doubly more so of... when Barry is able to tell himself consistently for years that like it's not it's as just much that a bad I think day that they're good for each other it's more that like story-wise i want them to be together story-wise what happens in the story i want them to bonnie and clyde i want them to go full bonnie and clyde i i understand story-wise what you're trying to say yeah. in terms of like morality yeah if like, sally was God. a friend of mine no if if barry was a friend of mine no but uh yeah, I think that that'd be really fun. I really want to. I, I hope just to see what happens to the story if they were to. I hope that now still I understand. Around. You needed to say that first, <laughs> Hank. <laughs> how do you feel about Noho Hank and Anthony Kerrigan's Noho Hank specifically? I would love to hear your scene or your perspective on the scene where he is uh, chained, chained to the radiator, and we get a full two and a half minutes of just sound effects and Anthony Kerrigan responding. Uh, he's once again brilliant this season. Yeah. You saw tricklings of it the previous season. And like once again, more so, there are dramatic moments that are asking a lot from Noho Hank and by extension, Anthony Kerrigan and his performance. And he he meets it. Knocks out of the park. I don't really like and it doesn't really feel like there's as much screen time with Noho Hank this season. I'm not yeah. entirely sure why. Uh, I, I, don't th- really I think know. and I think it's maybe because like Michael Irby's Christopher gets a lot more screen time, I That's think. True. And and so because that plot line therefore is getting a lot more screen time and therefore Hank can't really get it yeah. as much. Um with that being said, uh I think Anthony Kerrigan is you... still doing a fantastic job and and it, God, he's just a really great dramatic actor for such an absurd character, and it works really well. I don't know what else about, to say. How do you feel about um, Cristobal? How do you feel about Michael Irby's Cristobal? So I actually thought maybe this is Sizzle Surf, maybe it's not. I really need to, you know, say when it's a Sizzle Surf that it's a Sizzle Surf. Uh, so uh, uh, let's let's. I will let you be the judge. I, I'll have to say I'll, I'll but judge. But I found the worst part of this season to be the Cristobal storyline. And I oh. think I don't maybe it's because like I don't really I'm not that invested in Cristobal. And I think partially I think because I think the only reason That's why the only reason why I am invested in Cristobal is because of Hank. Not because of Cristobal himself. That makes and sense. So, yeah. And but but yeah. what they try to do this season is to okay, get us invested in Cristobal. And I don't think it succeeds, and I think it's actually mostly because of the guy who plays uh Fernando, Fernando, uh, fair. Who is uh, Cristobal's uh, father-in-law? It's uh, Miguel Sandoval. Uh, is the actor who plays uh, Fernando? Yeah. Yes. And so I think that character just feels out of, not necessarily. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The character does not feel out of place. I don't think Miguel Sandoval does that great of a job in the performance. Oh. I don't necessarily think maybe the writing or the directing isn't necessarily helping him. I'm not entirely sure. But, but like totally, that character felt out of place in every sure. single scene that he's in. Oh, and, and the, it's a two-minute warning. Two-minute warning. Crap, we're in the two-minute warning already. Yeah. That was fast. That was really, really fast. Very. Holy cow. Um, but the point being is that, 
like tonally his character was in completely different scenes than like Michael Irby was acting in. Like Crystal yeah, Ball yeah. was in. And, and enough, I think that my... was like supposed to be the point, but I don't think it landed well. Funny enough, my big problem in this, because I agree, the scenes with Michael Irby and uh, Miguel Sandoval were the weakest for me. I agree with that um, in terms of acting. I think that the problem was Michael Irby, though. I think the problem was Michael Irby because I saw so often him playing the end of the scene. Yeah. Where he looked guilty. Yeah. And I was I, like, I had that thought that's too. a different show. We're, we're, you're in a better show than that, dude. Like, I'm sorry, but like, you're, like, you got to. You, you got to really play it. I agree. And, uh, you have to Noah be a better Hank, liar. You have to be a better yeah. actor. Noho Hank sometimes can get away with being a bad liar because, like, that's just kind of part of his character. Cristobal hasn't been set up as that. Cristobal has been yeah, set up as right. an actual legitimately good boss. Yeah. Um, and respected. Yeah. And, and, he, and he consistently missed the mark on that. Okay, yep. so, Danny. Uh, yeah. There are a couple of people, but overall – How'd you feel about the season of Barry? I thought it was really strong. I don't know if it's the best season through and through, but it's such a great follow-up in the story. Uh, Henry Winkler is once again fantastic. Yeah. I think uh, Katie feels like a plot device because once she tells Sally that she's being abused, that character does not appear anymore, and I'm really upset because I wanted to see more Katie. Yeah. It was played by Elsie Fisher. Fisher. Uh, shout out to uh, the man who played uh, Jim Moss. Uh, who was also who played Bunny in uh, in The Wire, who was played by Robert Wisdom. Uh, he does a fantastic job, and that last scene is so freaking sad because he still has to go back into the house even though justice was handed, right? Like mm. Jim Ma still has to go into the house that is empty because Barry killed his daughter. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, it's it's a really good season. It's a really good follow up. Once again, Beautiful. don't know if this if it's the best. Mac, go ahead. Um, I I think it's the best personally. Um, I think that they have uh given themselves permission to do whatever the heck they want, and yeah. I'm very excited to see what they do with season four. Can't wait. Um, Danny, what are we reviewing next? Uh, we are going to be looking at a wonderful sort of YouTube documentary that is uh <laughs> made by Defunct Land, yeah. and it's titled Disney's Fast Pass: A Complicated History. Lovely. Can't wait.